Hi, I'm Ben. And I'm Diana. Welcome to Filmscape, a movie reviewing podcast. Today, we're reviewing the new Wes Anderson movie, The French Dispatch, a kind of anthology film of three stories that take place in France. These stories are being written by a fictional newspaper called The French Dispatch, which is the framing device to tell these stories. The all-star cast includes Timothy Chalamet, Francis McDormand, Benicio del Toro, Bill Murray, Leah Sidot, Willem Dafoe, and many more. It began as a holiday. Eager to escape a bright future on the Great Plains, Arthur Howitzer Jr. transformed the series of travelogue columns into the French Dispatch, a factual weekly report on the subjects of world politics, the arts, high and low, and diverse stories of human interest. You don't think it's almost too seedy this time? No, I don't. For decent people. It's supposed to be charming. He assembled a team of the best expatriate journalists of his time. Berenson, Sazerac, Cremence, Roebuck Wright. These were his people. Just try to make it sound like you wrote it that way on purpose. Diana, what did you think of the French Dispatch? While very much a Wes Anderson film because of his style yep, and the colors and the actors and just everything about it screamed Wes Anderson, the framing device used was not my favorite. While each individual segment was, you know, the actors were very skilled and good at what they were doing. It wasn't my favorite Wes Anderson film, and so I felt kind of thrown off by the framing device. It felt like too much. The framing device or the whole movie? Just the whole movie. I It, it was, was it was a bit much for you? Yeah, I was watching that, and after a while, my eyes glazed over, and I was just like, I'm still in here. Oh, no. Yeah. I was like, yeah. After a while, I was like, is it done yet? Can I get up? This is not good. Yeah, I love you, Wes Anderson, but I was so thrown off. The Cycling Reporter was one segment. That one was interesting. But then... That was the very short... Yes, it was very short. That wasn't even one of the main three. No. And then the main one that's called The Concrete Masterpiece, I enjoyed that. But I felt like once that one ended, I was like, that felt like a movie to me. When we moved on to a different story called Revisions to a Manifesto... I was like, oh, I'm loving these actors, but my eyes are glazing over, and are we done yet? Oof. Yeah, and, and Revisions to a Manifesto mainly features Timothy Chalamet and Francis, Mc- yeah, and Francis McDormand, two of the very best actors working today. Mm-hmm. I guess that brings me to one of my main points with this movie, is how the cast is ridiculously stacked. The people in this movie, I read some of them in my intro and that that only covers like half of the main stars in this movie not even half probably the talent involved in this movie is ridiculous i don't want to say they were wasted but some people only (sighs) appeared for like five seconds in a cameo being a person who worked at the newspaper but they didn't have an actual story they were wasted and that's those are the people who were wasted wasted. benicio del toro timothy chalamet leah mcdormand 
Leah Sado, I'm just saying they were not wasted. Right. Those actors, for example, they had full substantial stories. And remember, these are three segments of a whole movie. Okay. This whole movie is not even an hour and 40 minutes long total. Owen Wilson does a five minute prologue with a cycling reporter. I mean, a prologue after the framing device. This is like the Grand Budapest Hotel, where it's a story within a story within a story. But that last story is 95% of the movie. In this case, these three stories make up 95% of the movie. And there's Elizabeth Moss, for example, plays an employee of the French Dispatch. And she has like, what, two lines? Like Elizabeth Moss? Are you kidding me? You have her in your movie. She can carry a whole movie herself. It's yeah. like, like I said, talent, talent, talent up the wazoo. Not enough and content you also have for Jason, nearly Jason enough Schwartzman, of them. right? He's in every one of them. Right, but he's just there in his little corner doing his little drawings. He plays the guy who does the comics and oh, the drawings. Yeah. He's a background character, yes. Jason Schwartzman. If this were a different kind of movie, I'd be like, okay, there's some cameos by the director's friends, fine. And it's like, of course, Owen Wilson and Jason Schwartzman are Wes Anderson's friends. He's been working with them for 25 plus years. But to a certain point, it's like, why is Sir Ronan confined to a cameo with two lines? Why is yeah. Elizabeth Moss? It's like these people are, when they're in a movie, that's like significant. Some movies I would watch just because Sir Ronan is in it and that's it. Right. Depending on the movie and not just anything. But that's one thing that irked me. I mean, the Grand Budapest Hotel had that problem too, but I really like that movie. It's not as much of a problem as it is here. Here it's like, oh my goodness, so many people, but not enough for them to do. With that, it feels like... Let's use these people so people watch the film, but they're not mm. going to really do anything. It's mm-hmm. just for the purpose of, again, when you have a star-studded cast, then people are like, oh, what are they going to do? And then you go to watch it and you're like, they're not doing anything. Why did I waste my time? This is not waste my time Wednesday. I mean, I don't want anybody to waste my time any day, but still, it just felt like you have the talent. They're not being utilized. Why pay them that much money when you could have had like a, some rando? do the same exact thing, be really good at it, and not have to pay them millions of dollars for them to say two lines and, I don't know, look like they're from some funny era because it's Wes Anderson. Yeah, it's almost like, it's like being spoiled. This movie just has everyone you could possibly want in every single little role, no matter how insignificant. And it's like, no, just get some non-known supporting actors if you're going to have a person only there for one or two lines and in the background cameos are all well and good but at a certain point it's just a little annoying when you see all these great actors just there because i don't know they're friends with wes anderson or he i don't know how he gets this lineup of actors in his movies when we wouldn't normally see them in this small of a role like anywhere else and i love wes anderson but i, I just that, that was just one thing about this that almost all of his other movies they really feel like an ensemble cast there's a whole lot of different great personalities and angles, characters that are right, all interacting. Right, but it felt very dissected. And they, they all have their own role, and it's great. But here, some of them stand out, and they have, like I said, Benicio Del Toro. Timothy Chalamet is pretty much the star of his whole segment, and we'll get to that. But just a lot of the others. So I did enjoy this movie generally, but didn't have the emotional depth that a lot of his others have. I think that's why my eyes glazed over. That's a big part of why not only is it not one of my favorite Wes Anderson movies, as you said, but I don't like this more than any of his others. And I'm a big Wes Anderson fan, so that's I not... I love Wes not, Anderson, but... Yeah, that, that's not to say that it was bad or anything, of course, but yeah, it feels like the most surface level. It's just 
a lot of different entertaining fun things that happen it's a very like scattered movie not just because there's three different stories but even each of those stories just felt kind of manic at times or so quirky for the sake of being quirky which i know he's been criticized of before but i feel like that maybe holds some water here maybe not the other movies i think the other movies are very well balanced with all the different elements they have we take as the subject of tonight's lecture mr moses rosenthal certainly the loudest autistic voice of his rowdy generation simone naked cell block j hobby room i want to buy it it's not for sale yes it is no it isn't yes it is no it isn't yes it is no it is yes in short the picture was a sensation within this framing device of the different segments with the newspaper and that the different writers have their own segments i feel like the moment when they mention okay this is what this piece is in the newspaper and then it goes into the story but then when they connect it with bill murray who's the editor of the newspaper and whomever the writer author of that segment is it happens after they've told the story within that this framing device that's when i'm like oh okay so that's how you're looping it in but i think that because it's just it's not like oh hey write the story about blah 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 or what are you going to talk about it's not until after they've told the whole story where then you feel like okay now i'm being looped in to how this connects there were moments when i felt like disconnected because of the way that they told the story like there could have been a way to have bill murray speak to whomever's the author say okay what you thought about what are you going to write about food what are you going to write about different places to visit within our city here or whatever but i feel like it waits till after it's told you the story to try to connect it i think by doing so it loses the opportunity to make you still feel like fully invested because you've already spent so much energy in trying to understand whatever that segment was my issue was that this is a pretty short movie and like i said it's under 100 minutes and with having this framing device and then this, you know, quick little segment with Owen Wilson, which I enjoyed where he's doing a cycling tour of the area, that definitely had some of the funniest yes. parts of the whole movie. It's like, you know, there's all these little vignettes and I, I really like that idea. Yeah. But when I heard about this movie, I thought, okay, and this is true, that the movie is a loving tribute and like a spotlight on classic journalism. I thought the whole movie was going to be about these writers and their personal lives, and dealing with journalistic integrity, and their crazy Bill Murray editor yeah. dealing with him. Like, that, that sounds I great. That. That's what I thought it was, because that's kind of how it was billed, I think, at first. I mean, this movie has been you know around for a long time, like many, because of COVID. It's been delayed. But then it was like, oh, no, no, no. That's only the framing device. That's like 6% of the movie. The whole movie are these three stories that each one's writing about. There's hardly anything with the newspaper that they're just kind of there it's like the grandpa reading the princess bride to the kid it's like you're not watching a movie about the grandpa and the kid they're telling you the story of the whole movie and 96 percent of the movie is that so that's what this is i just think between that framing device and the three stories there's just not enough development to really get you emotionally invested it's more just enjoy these zany quirky right. very indulgent Yes, um, yes. You know, and goofy stories. And there's monologues, too. Like, you know, yeah, and there's great acting. And oh, it's, yeah. It's unpredictable. And it, I was certainly entertained with a lot of it. I share a little bit of your 
feeling where sometimes I was like, what's the point of this? And just kind of like, I just don't find myself caring right now. And then something would happen that would kind of right. wake me up a little bit. Yes. But um, it hasn't really happened with the Wes Anderson movie before. All the others, I was very consistently engaged. This is the first time this happened to me. And so I, I'm surprised. Yeah. It's best enjoyed as a lighthearted, yes. zany a little bit like an ADHD viewing experience. Like it's just, yeah, yeah I, I just mean it's like it keeps shifting focus so much. It's so high energy. And I think Wes Anderson is good at that. Among the many things his movies do really well is keeping like a really fast pace. Some of them like Grand Budapest Hotel, where it's one thing after another. And it's just very bizarre. And everything is just so mannered, of course, and symmetrical. All the shots, like every one of his movies gets more and more indulgent with that, which is I, I think is pretty cool. It is. I mean, it's very cool. And I'm really glad that I saw this. But I do envision myself watching this again, probably from the comfort of my home and pausing it sometimes i would i would like yes. to watch this again and being able to just pause it yes take a breather definitely in between each story right because i, don't, I also didn't think they really flowed together that well they, they were all exactly. very different they were very different and that's what also threw me off was just i think that in an attempt to try to connect with different types of people and having these many different types of story like let's have something that has some crime in it something that has you know, food in it. Something that might have, oh yeah, like this young rebellion guy in his chessboard revolution or let's go cycling in the city of Ennui. It is indulgent. I really wish there was a pause button. You needed a breather. You I need, needed you that needed, moment. You needed a recap to process what you just saw because they are fast paced stories. Yes. And I'm a fast paced kind of gal. I mean, I love things like that, but I just felt like because they didn't flow together, I'm like, wait, now we're changing to something else. And it, huh? Yeah, I was weirded what? out as the movie went on. I was like, are these stories supposed to be related to each other in any way? And no, the only way they're related is that they're all in the same newspaper. Yes. Like that there's no connecting tissue. I was at least hoping because it's all in France. Wouldn't a cool thing be like they're all kind of connected? Like the middle story is Timothy Chalamet doing this student protest. It's very much about that. And he has this complicated you know, romance with the journalist covering it. Francis McDormand's character. All these things happen and he's kind of a crazy guy. And... That's basically it. There's not a whole lot there. and But I thought like, okay, this is going to be connected to this other story. And, and, and it kind of it kind of unfolds as it goes along. But this really didn't do that. It did, it did a tiny bit, I think. Hmm. I don't even remember. But um, yeah, that was another thing that was weird. That was one story, the middle one. It was fine. My favorite story of the three was the first one, the concrete masterpiece. That feels the yes. most like a well-rounded movie. That's about Benicio del Toro who's a tormented artist in prison for murder for many years. And he ends up developing this romance with a prison guard played by Leah Sido. And he ends up painting her nude, but his paintings are so abstract that they don't even resemble a person. But everyone just likes it so much. And these art dealers get wind of it and they end up doing business with him. They go back and forth, but it's difficult because he's in jail. He's really trying to just get on with life and find his purpose and try to marry Leah Sado. And she's a very Wes Anderson character. She's very she's independent. Withdrawn and kind of hard to get. And I mean, he's serving a prison sentence for murder. So two he, the, sentences. The two sentences. Yeah, the challenge for is murdering on, two people. The challenge is on him. The way that developed, I thought that had the most heart and yeah. um it just felt the most like a compelling story of the three, just as it goes on. There's a big zany riot that breaks out that at one funny. point, which was very funny. Of course, it was shot in Wes Anderson's typically awkward, non-action choreography. 
it's more just whimsical and nutty, right. which I really like that he does that because it's uh, unexpected. There's this whole POV of one guy going through all the chaos and trying to get the other guy. And just oh, like, yeah. it's, just, it's just so... In his chair and like... Yeah, it's, just, it's shot like a total farce, but it's this crazy prison fight. It reminded me of that amazing scene when Bill Murray is shooting all the pirates in the Life Aquatic with Steve Zisso, and it's just so awkward, and it's like from far away, and there's these weird zooms. It's like amateurish and terrible, <laughs> but you know it's completely on purpose, and it's just like hilarious. He's in a bathrobe shooting pirates. It's just a complete farce. There's enough parts like that in this movie. That's probably one of the funniest where it kept me entertained. The movie does have enough humorous elements and unexpected things happen that it stays engaging and enjoyable, even if you are just kind of watching short little stories that don't really connect, don't have a whole lot of a point, but they are engaging. The kids did this obliterated a thousand years of Republican authority in less than a fortnight. What do they want? Freedom. Full stop. I'm naked, Mrs. Kremens. I can see that. Lieutenant Nescafier is the great exemplar of the mode of cuisine known as police cooking. The aromas of the kitchen cast a spell, which was to be mortally broken. As you know by now, we have kidnapped your son the third story the second one was revisions to a manifesto and then there's the private dining room of the police commissioner this is actually based off of a television interview where one of the characters is trying to tell a story about a dinner that he had with the commissioner of the police force and ennui they end up being interrupted because the commissioner's son gets kidnapped and there's a ransom and so then it's supposed to be this nice private dinner, but then it turns into this goose chase to try to get the kid Gigi. Yeah, there's like this zany kidnapping plot. Yeah. And Roebuck Wright is kind of thrust into it because he happens to be there. I love that it's Morse cook, send the cook. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, that was probably maybe the most wild one. I don't know. I mean, the first story was pretty wild, too. This is kind of like a, a wacky crime comedy one. And, and then there's an extended animation sequence, which I liked. But I, I suspect the only reason that the climax was all animated when they're breaking the kid out was that it would probably double the budget of the movie if they showed all that mm. live action. It was just kind of like there was no other long parts of the movie that were all animated and it waited till the climax to right. do that. With Wes Anderson, it's also stylized and like pop up storybook. Which just I, the I, style I love that. that, of that. <laughs> it does fit in. So it was fine. And again, like I basically alluded to before. There's no exciting heist scenes that you'd really see. It would all be shot from really far away and awkward anyway. So maybe it's just like, you know, variety to the visuals to have it all be animated. All these stories are very engaging and fast paced. It's almost like the movie ends and then you're like, okay, I think I enjoyed all that. But then it's all just a bit disconnected from each other. It's kind of like Wes Anderson's like, hey, check all this fun stuff out. All this cool stories I made. Yeah. In this in this anthology movie with all my friends and favorite actors <laughs> in it. Some with barely anything to do. I know. Um but hey, Jeffrey Wright is the main character in that third story and he's great. He is. So at least of course there are some main characters in each of these stories and a whole bunch of other ones. And all those main characters shine and are great. It's just, you know. Even Tilda Swinton played a writer and staff member. 
but she didn't do anything. I know. Tilda Swinton, like, one of the greatest actresses what? of decades. It's like, that's it? I thought, I was like, uh, what? Yeah. Tilda Swinton does, like, six movies per year, though. So yeah, that's true. She probably just did this on a weekend. Tilda Swinton was in the Grand Budapest Hotel as well in a pretty small role. So, like I said, this movie is a love letter to journalism, and it's called The French Dispatch because it's a newspaper in France, but it is an American newspaper, and it takes place in the 20th century, and it's actually based on The New Yorker, and it's really specifically inspired by Wes Anderson's love for The New Yorker. Apparently Wes Anderson said that the movie wasn't about the freedom of the press, but it was rather about what reporters would talk about, you know, in the real world. The original impression was more like the journalistic integrity, things like that. But it's more about like, again, what the reporters would say about the stories that they're reporting. There just wasn't nearly enough of that, though. There was, wasn't nearly enough of all the reporters talking like the main... in their newspaper. There was a little, there was some, but there I mean, wasn't nearly enough Bill Murray. I mean, that happened mainly for the one that was the private dining room of the police commissioner. Roebuck Wright is talking on TV right. with Liev Schreiber, but that's not in the newspaper. There's but... none of the other newspaper characters are there. That's also its own framing device. Framing Wes device and a framing device. Wes Anderson loves his stories within stories within stories. One thing I like about this movie was I liked seeing... Of course, you know, it's going to be funny and quirky, but those moments where there's the humor, I did really appreciate. And, and I liked whether it be about when they have Moses Rosenthaler, the one about the concrete painting is he gets into painting because he realizes I needed to have a creative outlet or else I might commit suicide by drinking mint mouthwash or some other really bad way. I mean, he's, he's serving well, two life sentences, so yeah. he, he needs to find some reason to live. Yeah, exactly. And then and, he... and he's lucky enough to have Leah Sado as his prison guard. It's like, yeah. wow, what a lucky guy. And she's interested in him romantically. That was a little eye-rolling, but... um. Well, I mean, well, they even explain, like, she's kind of passive and she's interested in him because of the way his brain works, but not necessarily because of... Him being the most handsome, suave man. It's not oh, because he's Benicio of... del Toro with a giant scraggly beard. That's what I'm saying. And they even talk about women who are interested in criminals or people who. And know, that's true. It's which crazy. is a thing, you know. Yeah, or, it's ridiculous. Um, and then even the part um, with Timothy. I love the part where he's in the bath and he has the towel on his head. Like I like to me that always makes me laugh seeing that picture with him with a fake mustache or whatever. Maybe he, I think it is must. He had a mustache for that, and that made me laugh. A message from the foreman. One hour to press. You're fired. Really? Don't cry in my office. So, Diana, would you recommend The French Dispatch? I would if you're watching it from home and you're able to pause it. <laughs> so you can absorb the framing device, the many stories, and all that it entails. It's easy to follow. It's not, like, super confusing. No. If anything... Yeah, it's nice to pause it so you can have a breather, but also this movie is, there's so many... first view, it just feels like, wait, what? Yeah. This person did this? But there's all kinds of ideas and influences on this movie. It'd be helpful to pause, you know, whenever I watch this again, I'll want to do that. And then dig in, do some research on what are all the influences and 
writings or whatever or what's this based on that Wes Anderson was thinking because you know there's just all that stuff like I don't know how this guy's mind works but he's clearly very inspired and there's all kinds of details and random things going on I think that would be helpful it's a lot to take in just from beginning to end I mean I love it but like I love Wes Anderson and the fact that he's so creative and I want to know how his mind works that would be really cool would you recommend The French Dispatch? Yes, I would. Even The Weakest Wes Anderson is a very mm-hmm. worthwhile movie, packed full of content. Which is why I recommend it as well, because there is a lot to grasp. There's a lot know, to get out of this to movie. To get out of it, yeah. and, and it is funny. If it weren't funny, I would be more annoyed. Right. But it is definitely funny, like all of his movies are. It's, it's very witty, and... You could tell a lot of work went into it. There's so mm-hmm. much talent involved. Too much talent. There's not enough time for all the talent. Yep. But I would say for sure, watch this movie. Do not watch this movie if you've never seen a Wes Anderson movie before. Yeah, that, because that, you yeah, know. I'll just say all the, the criticisms or detractors I've heard about Wes Anderson over the years, I don't really agree with any of it. I could talk about that in a whole different episode. But if you haven't seen any of his movies and you watched this you might get the real wrong idea about like his classic movies, yes. which are very different. He's really gone through a, a noticeable evolution. This compared to his first few, it's like, it's not night and day. I mean, he's always had recognizable elements, but it's very much a different kind of thing. And even though I liked it a lot, I can understand why it's not for everyone. Yeah. So, of course, if you've seen his other movies, you do have a little bit of an idea what to expect, but just know that this is kind of yet another detour yet another whole different thing and it's very much his style unabashedly so just throughout and Mm -hmm. not a whole lot of depth or really vibrant characters like his others so I was mildly disappointed by that but overall I did really enjoy it quite a unique movie for sure Mm -hmm. it's different you know a new Wes Anderson movie is always it's always noteworthy and something to appreciate Hi, Film Booze. If you want to contact us with any questions or comments or thoughts on the film, you can reach us at filmscaped at gmail.com. That's F-I-L-M-S-C-A-P-E-D at gmail.com. We have a website called filmscapepodcast.com. We also have an Instagram at filmscapepodcast, which you should definitely follow if you are not already. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe on the podcast platform of your choice thanks